Hello, this is Dr. Luke Martin. What I'm going to talk about tonight is a routine or a common frustration that we see with most patients coming in the office. By the time they see me in a functional medicine perspective, they've been through a ton of doctors who have kept them on medications and basically have told them, do this test, here's the approach, here's the medication and the allopathic model. And at the end of the day, that's about all it's said. From time to time, I will see patients who have a recommendation about diet and exercise and watching what they eat, sleeping, very vague, very broad-based recommendations. I think overall, most people find this to be at least very short coming of real solutions. So tonight and uh, this evening, I found one of my patient's stories really compelling and actually it pissed me off. I just got angry and she went through a scenario on two different perspectives through her care. She's done excellently. She's nowhere near done with what we need to do, but she has improved overall by at least a 30% margin. And I'm talking about objective tests, you know, of course, blood testing and outcomes on her day-to-day -day life, including those outcomes with her husband and her immediate family, a stepson. And what they've both seen is, and verbatim, the husband has told me at this point that the wife that he married is coming back or even been back. When I first met him and her, when I was looking at the case and deciding, you know, whether or not I could help them, one of the most important things that he made clear was that he is tired of not having the woman he married. And this is a consistent theme through most cases in the autoimmune, hypothyroid world, rheumatoid world, diabetes, these diseases, these chronic diseases of pain, inflammation, discomfort, hormonal imbalances, and of course, brain chemistry, type three diabetes, so-called type three diabetes or Alzheimer's or cognitive decline, all these diseases, essentially, they change the human being. So to get back to Kim, what struck me was the first component of what we talked about when I did some retesting and it, it improved. Now, one of the things that I see routinely in these patients is when we take a TSH test and the initial part of care, the first phase of care, is we will see quite often, not always, but quite often TSH go up. And I will tell almost every patient, don't be worried or don't expect that this is going to stay stagnant. You're going to see TSH go up. And there are a number of reasons for that. Anything from increased function, energy levels, and the uh, the body responding to care and feeling better, which means you're going to need more thyroid hormone. That's a great thing. So I never look at it as a, a negative thing, although they've been taught to look at highs and lows as these indicators of what their true health is. Well, if that were the case, then when TSH goes down and is quote-unquote controlled, then a patient should feel great. Well, according to the Colorado study, 40% of those patients that are treated traditionally with levothyroxine or Synthroid don't see any improvements they have the same symptoms, if not even worse. And that was a, I think the study was out of 28,000 people. So that's not really a, a great outcome. But these patients end up, you know, with this attitude of, well, take your medications. If you complain enough, we're going to give you some kind of psychotropic and or serotonin reuptake inhibitor. And to me, that is just sloppy. It's lazy. And of course, it's just the standard of care at the moment anyway. So going back to Kim, her tests improved massively and most specifically one of the big tests was triglyceride levels just dropping from 349 to 200, which is a massive change along with total cholesterol changing, LDL, 
C-reactive protein was at about 9.9, .9, and we have that down below 4. Granted, that could be bacterial infection and just kind of showing up at that point, but I, I think we have some massive inflammatory tests on her that showed huge improvements, which again will drive problems with thyroid and everything in between anyway. So she takes the uh, pre-test and the post-test. The pre-test was in March of 2019, and the post-test we just ran in the middle of May. She took it into her PCP and asked him to take a look at it, and his immediate reaction this is sad. You know, this is sad for the patients involved. It's sad that doctors have to be this way in, in general, and I don't find it all the time. In fact, I'd say it's maybe 25% of the time at best. But his response was, how many people's fingers are in this pie? Meaning, how many doctors is she seeing trying to get help for her? When I looked at that statement, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, one, this guy has a huge ego problem, and his first priority is not his patient. He clearly could see that this test had improvements across the board, things that typically aren't tested, but still improved. To me, that is so asinine, so anger-driving. I mean, it, it makes me defensive for the patient, of course, but also, you know, these are the people out there helping, supposedly, but they're willing to not look at an improvement from one point to another. And it doesn't matter if she's getting better, she's happy with what she's doing, more power to her. Anyway, this is not an uncommon finding. I have more stories like this. I have more than I care to tell. So she tells him, look, I'm taking these tests to you because this doctor, number one, he doesn't prescribe. What he does do is he changes my lifestyle and modifications and gives me the right foods to eat and the right supplements to help me with these issues that you see on the first test. He said to take this back to you so that you could change the dosing strategy for her benefit. So we're trying to, we're of course trying to work in cooperation with her PCP. She got a really sour pill that she had to swallow on what he is his intention is. Is it to help her? Is it to make sure that she's okay and that what she's going through is acknowledged? And not only that, but acknowledge the outcome that she's put into it. Two months of work as a, a diabetic and thyroid patient with autoimmune disease, Hashimoto's, is no joke. And he just threw it to the side. Okay, here you go. Here's We lowered all the cholesterol levels. We see all of her le levels drop by anywhere between 30 and 50 percent. Clearly on the right track. She actually stopped against my my wishes or my recommendations, she stopped taking the statins based on things that she learned about what statins do. And so when she saw that they are somewhat sometimes uh, connected to B12 deficiencies and diabetes and possibly even worse issues with the heart, CoQ, CoQ10 depletion, she ended up saying, I'm not taking it. Okay, so well, the standard of care requires that she takes it. That's just the way it is. But she stopped, and even with 20 milligrams of simvastatin taken out of her system, we still had those results. It's profound. It's amazing. It's the way it should be. So he papoos it, brushes her off to the side, raises her simvastatin to 40, and then also raises, her, of course, her levothyroxine. So here I have this scenario, you know, where I'm so frustrated that I look at her and I say, well, time to find another provider that's fighting for you and in your court. Find a PCP who's actually going to take care of you and not be worried about how many pies are, or fingers are in your pie, so to speak. It's so selfish and egocentric, it's malevolent. So we get to the end, that part of the conversation, then she lays more on me. And we see this a fair amount, not very often, I'd say at best 5% of the time. You have some kind of personality that she encounters, and it's a, a longtime family member, a mother-in-law. And she's telling how much change she's had, how many results, 
what's happened. She also talks about the interaction with the PCP and how his, his reaction was, she basically shouldn't be doing anything other than taking medications. I can understand why she would give the entire story because everyone wants to just share these different frustrations, the hurdles they have to jump, you know, this, this wall you have to climb. As a thyroid patient, you have to go through a lot to try to find someone who does the work I do. There aren't many people that do it. Functional medicine is an up and coming profession, so to speak. It's a discipline that's evolving over time. So she tells her mother-in-law about it, and her mother-in-law that night, I think they were camping, is supportive of it, excited that, that she's got these improvements across the board on her blood tests and feeling better. And not only that, acknowledged by her stepson, her husband, about her success, about how her mood swings are way up, her negativity is way down, her ability to maintain a stronger relationship. You know, that's a big part of this is not losing her husband. And I don't know that it, when, when I met her, she was afraid that she may end up without a husband because of how negative she was. And then I found out later, even losing friends, becoming withdrawn and introverted, kind of a hermit. That's sad. And that's all too common. That is the common story within the world of hypothyroidism or autoimmune disease in general is people withdraw because they're losing themselves. You look at Alzheimer's and cognitive decline, diabetes, they are losing themselves. They are a former image of what they once were. They're losing their relevance in their families, in their workplace, in their life. So she tells her that. And then the next morning, apparently, there's a change of heart. And the mother-in-law is saying, you know, you should just continue seeking your medical doctor's advice. And this other stuff, it's that's crazy. You shouldn't have to change what you eat. And you shouldn't have to take supplements for feeling better. Just It basically completely disemboweled her efforts over the last few months. And the best part of this story, the thing that inspires me, the best part is her saying that these people all know me and they know that I don't give a shit what they have to say. I don't care that you think that. I'm going to keep fighting. And so tonight I was able to got a, a little glimpse of that fire and I was able to mold it and help her use that as a launching pad for the continuation of not stopping. I said, you take these tests and we're not even close to done. We're only in the first two and a half months of care. And I said, when you get to the end of this, you have a duty to make sure that you go to that doctor and you tell him, these tests are so much better. We've been able to reverse it, come off these medications because they're over-medicating. That's the biggest thing is a lot of patients are over-medicated. When you only do partial and very unthorough tests, you have no clue what T4 is doing, T3, free T3, reverse T3, T3 uptake. And you don't look at all these other components. You're just using a caliper and one that's been touted in the literature is not a very reliable measure of thyroid health and general health. TSH is considered that within the research, not the best marker for understanding what the thyroid is actually up to. When you don't get that data and you don't get the information what the body's actually doing, and you're just going off the, the same old standard that's, I think, at least 50 to 60 years old now, it's antiquated. This is old. This is an old treatment method for a disease that's typically autoimmune. It's 70% autoimmune. And she has diabetes. So now that she knows that there is a chance that she can actually unplug all of this stuff, the way she feels, how bad her blood tests are, and then having to take medications, one medication over another, she has a chance to not have to do that anymore if her blood work shows that they're unnecessary. She can take that back to that doctor and say, you need to learn more. You need to do better. You need to do right by your patients. There is a chance here to help people. 
and not continue medicating them to the point of which they're on 9, 10, 15 drugs. At one point, I think, gee, 20 years ago, if you were on more than six medications, that was considered polypharmacy. That was too many drugs. Now it's considered normal for a 65-year-old to have 12 or more medications in their system. There is a, I'm going to say it, there is a plot within this country by the pharmaceutical companies to put you on as many medications as possible. Your doctors are good people. They're not intending anything wrong. But the pharmaceutical companies, I think you can agree, across the board have one agenda, and that is to take the population that we have in the United States and give us as many medications as they can. End of story. There's no doubt. When we, when we saw this whole thing happen with Kim, I see like this conflict happening where the patient doesn't know where to go. The patient knows that they only have so many resources they can use, whether it's family members, friends, and then of course professionals. And what I want people to know is that you have a chance more than ever in history to understand your own body, that you can actually do things for yourself above and beyond what was ever available just 10 years ago even. And take care of your families and actually learn how to, to be healers within your own right. And what I mean by that is if you're willing to stop doing the things that poisoned you in the first place and you're able to change your mentality, your emotional connection with your family and yourself, if you can fix just a couple of things and then add in this work, your diet, of course, you cannot eat the processed foods that were all shoved down our throats. I mean, we're almost cornered with what we can get our hands on. There's power in this. So her story for me tonight is super inspiring because she, she left saying, screw them, I don't care. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because I can obviously see the objective data supports it. She's not stupid. She doesn't have to kiss someone's feet and kiss their ass. She's going to keep going and fix herself. She's going to need help. And that's what I told her by the end of it. I said, the only way you can improve from where you're at is to emulate a person that you've seen do these things on their own end and ask them how they did it. That's a coach. Or hire one and get a hold of somebody that you trust, you know that they're, they know what they're talking about, and they have an ability to inspire you. They have an ability to reach in and understand what you're about. Most doctors don't know how to do that. Most doctors don't even care. Most doctors actually don't even ask you if you get a full night's sleep. And if you don't, what do they do? They give you a frickin' medication so you can go to sleep. Altering your, your brain chemistry, that's permanent. You take that stuff long enough, it will make permanent changes. So tonight, this, this podcast, I wanted to make more about passion, uh, strength, following your gut instinct. You know, if drugs are the thing for you and your gut instinct says, go do them, awesome. I wouldn't, I wouldn't block anyone from doing what they got to do. But if you're in agreement with me and you understand that there is an agenda in this country to put you on medications, then great. You can find a way out of it. If you can identify the problem you don't like, then you find a solution. With the closing of this tonight, we are going to be launching the beginning steps of how to begin dealing with Hashimoto's and autoimmune, rheumatoid arthritis, just supporting those problems getting people a chance to understand that there are 10 problems in their particular history, in their case history, their physiology, their testing. If you could handle three or four of those problems, including stress and sleep, how much better off would you be for that? So we're we're slowly building up and getting to the point where we're going to launch this. And there's a lot of information that we're going to give away and start giving to people just for the sake of how many people can we reach and change their lives. 
and spread that amongst their family members because autoimmune disease is extremely genetic. You see it in one form or another, and you see it in multiple forms within one case. I routinely check lupus, sorry, ANA testing, uh, rheumatoid, and Hashimoto's because it's so ubiquitous. It's so spread out. It's so common. It's the number one killer. So be on the lookout. We'll give you more information as time goes on with regards to these support systems that we're actually going to start helping people with. We'll be putting together a Facebook group so that we can have those building blocks ready to go. It'll launch all at the same time. So stay tuned. Have a great night.